Baruchat Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam The sensation of standing in the physical presence of objects in a museum, there is that sense of separation. Whereas something like sounds, uh, the sacred sounds of particular traditions especially, it has that way of breaking down those barriers, of letting you feel that you are feeling the same thing or something similar to anyone else who would have heard those sounds at any time in history. I'm Peter Manso, Lilly Endowment Curator of American Religious History at the Smithsonian Institution's National Museum of American History. Welcome to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices, where we explore the beliefs shaping our world. Five years ago, Peter Manso became the first curator of religious history at the Smithsonian, reflecting a growing realization that you can't tell the story of American history without grappling with religion in a real and sustained way. Every part of history is made up of humans and human concerns. And if there are human concerns involved, there will be religious ideas. There will be spiritual aspirations. Manso is quick to point out his public role is to educate, not proselytize. There is a difference between telling stories of the role of religion in American history uh, from creating religious presentations, uh, carving out space in a federal institution for religion to happen, rather than for telling stories about religion in American history. Um, The latter is essential to American history. The former is something that you would want to avoid in in a federal institution, but probably in in most uh, public facilities serving wide audiences in any case. During the holiday season, he saw an opportunity to use sound and musical traditions to get people thinking about religion in, in, in more complicated ways. And by complicated, he is talking about the notion of religious majority. Uh, to complicate the notion that there was ever anything, uh, that there was ever a single faith that was monolithic in American history. This is important to Manso because myths distort understanding. What looks to be monolithic from the distance of history uh, is itself made up of many strands of various traditions that are blending together in interesting ways. And if we complicate that notion that there was ever a majority, then I think we really start to get to just the, the, the complexity Um, and the really fascinating diversity that has been part of American religion from the very beginning. He traces the myth of the monolith to a different problem, excluding some while counting others. Who are we talking about? What religious diversity looked like early in America and what people regarded as religious diversity is something different than than what it is now. A lot of it has to do with who we're talking about and how they are counted. Uh, So if we're talking, for example, about a majority Christian nation, at the founding uh, of the Republic in the late 18th century. Uh, You're not talking about uh, the vast populations of the enslaved, for example, who have brought their own religious traditions with them, um, who in some cases have lost those traditions, in some cases have blended those traditions with the traditions that they've been exposed to in this new environment. Uh, You're not talking about Native American populations who are being uh, pushed ever westward or kept on reservations. Uh, You're not talking about those people whose experiences we rightly now regard as part of the American experience. To get that full, complicated picture of American religious history, Manso encourages us to look through a wider lens. Religion is not something that merely happens in houses of worship at a particular time. Uh, Religion happens in people's lives in the same way that, that culture does. 
And this is why music is so important to Manso. In this week's special episode, we feature recorded performances from the 2019 Sounds of Faith concert series, performed live on December 8th at the National Museum of American History. Between selections, we will include more from my conversations with Dr. Peter Manso, Cantor Ari Brown, and Dr. Hussein Rashid, religious literacy consultant who delivered the guest lecture for the Jazz and Islam program that were part of the Sound of Faith series. We turn now to the concert where Manso introduces the first performance celebrating the ancient festival of Kaleida. We're going to begin with an ancient tradition that has origins in the Slavic region dating back before Christianity spread throughout Europe. This festival known as Kaleida united communities through the worship of ancestors in order to evoke the promise of rebirth. Traditions associated with this holiday later became part of Christmas expressions in Bulgaria and throughout Eastern Europe. Ceremonies in this tradition linked humanity with the natural order and the sun and the maternal earth through the mediation of women. Young women often foretold their fortunes, which were believed to be linked to the fortunes of the villages and the fields that surrounded them. One of the most important elements of this holiday was singing, and specifically the singing of women who had the unique ability to cast off darkness and bring light with their voices. To introduce us to this tradition this morning, we are really honored to be joined by the premier Bulgarian vocal ensemble here in the Washington, D.C. area, Orfea, and they are led by their artistic director, Tatiana Subrinska. In this next song, there is a beautiful girl named Milka, and Milka's uh, beauty is known far and wide because her mother has been boasting about it. She has been boasting about how beautiful Milka is and how stylish she is, and this news has traveled all the way to the Koleda marketplace in Istanbul, where there's a merchant named Marco, and... Uh, Milka has gone to this market and she has met Marco when she has bought silks and gold and silver that he is selling. And they've sort of, they've sort of flirted and maybe hit it off a little bit. Um, and so she goes again to the market and she's uh, boarding his boat and he is sort of making this announcement, everybody come and buy my, my beautiful wares. And she gets up on the boat and she's going to, to buy this silk and uh, and they, they really just hit it off, and he sails away with Milka, and they sail away together into the sunset. This is Hubava Milka. Oh, 
That was Orfea, a women's vocal ensemble dedicated to preserving traditional music from Bulgaria and Eastern Europe. From pagan folk songs, we now turn to the next performances featuring selections of Yiddish and traditional Hanukkah songs from around the world, performed by cantor Arian Brown. She's a formally trained Jewish musician who leads congregations in songful prayer at Addis Israel, a Jewish congregation in Washington, D.C. Here she is performing a traditional Hanukkah song in the ancient Ladino language. Una candelica, dos candelicas, tres candelicas, cuatro candelicas, cinco candelicas, seis candelicas, siete candelicas, ocho candelas para mí. down with Cantor Brown to learn more about the traditions and discovered her love of music began very early. When I was eight years old and was sent to Hebrew school, I went to the synagogue and I heard my cantor sing and I was just completely in awe listening to him. And toward the end of the service, he invited all the children up to the bima, to the stage, um, to join him and, and sing some some songs we had learned in Hebrew school. And I just had the best time and uh, went home and told my parents I would be going to services every Shabbat. Um, and from that point in, I, I, I did. And I, I was able to really learn from singing with him on the bima and uh, increasing my knowledge and, and, and delving into what a cantor does. What role did music play and the singing play in your own kind of experience of faith? So the music is what drew me to Judaism. Hearing 
hearing the davening, the chanting of the prayers is what touched my heart and touched my soul. And that's what brought me in. Um, it brought me from a, a, an upbringing of tremendous respect for the Jewish holidays, but not, um, not a lot of observance of everything. I would say that the music is, is what always, that, that was not just the initial what drew me in, but what always keeps me, um, keeps me going. I asked Cantor Brown to describe the origin story of the Hanukkah ritual of lighting candles on the menorah. We'll light the first candle, and that will continue um, for eight nights and eight days. In the story of Hanukkah, um, there, are, there are two main themes. The miracle of the light, that at a time when our temple was destroyed and in shambles and uh, the Maccabees fought this battle of the small against the mighty, they returned to their temple and there was one little jug of oil, not enough to last very long. And the miracle is that the oil lasted for eight nights until they were able to get more. Music features prominently in Hanukkah. Uh, number one, uh, when we light the candles. So in the home, there's the candle lighting. There's a special melody for that. Um, and then there are some traditional songs that are sung after the candle lighting. How many songs are you, you, would you associate with Hanukkah? So that's actually an interesting question. There are a ton of short folk songs that are sung by kids and in the home there are a lot of children's songs for Hanukkah. I have a little dreidel and O Hanukkah, O Hanukkah in all different languages and um, there's a lot of folk music that's very accessible and short and easy to sing. Uh, there's a section of praises that we add on every holiday and so I featured some of that and then looked a little bit more into some Ladino and some Yiddish music uh, that would that would highlight Hanukkah. There are Hanukkah songs from all parts of the world. Sometimes you'll find tunes from the Yiddish stage and the Yiddish theater that get adapted um, into a song. Um, there are songs from the Ladino tradition, a fusion language between Spanish and Hebrew. So it's an old form of Spanish with certain elements of Judaic uh, words and, and lyrics that make its way into it. Of the songs that you performed, which ones really kind of were your favorites? So the first section, I started with an introduction about um, holidays that feature light and about the fact that in uh, we see in many cultures at the darkest time of the year in December when the sun sets so early and there's a lot of darkness, there are holidays that feature light. Um, and so the first set of songs had to do with candles and with light. I always love including Yiddish. So I would say my favorite from that section was Oi ihr kleine Lichtelach, Oh You Dear Little Candles. Um, it was a duet, always wonderful to sing in harmony, and uh, just a Yiddish folk song about the candles and all that they symbolize and that they, they touch you deep in your heart. Oi ihr kleine Wunderful, wunderful, 
That was Cantor Brown performing Oh You Dear Little Candles at the 2019 Sounds of Faith concert at the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Coming up, we learn more about the role music plays in Judaism across generations and hear a performance from Afro Blue, a widely acclaimed vocal jazz ensemble at Howard University. This is Inspired. Stay with us. Hi, friends. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our community. I don't know if you know this, but we are on the air all the way from Richmond, Virginia to Ketchikan, Alaska, and in so many places in between. We're a national show, and we are a small and mighty team committed to bringing you stories and sounds from around the world that convey not only the diversity and the pluralism of our country, but the beliefs that are shaping our world, our politics, our culture, and the ideas that sustain us and inspire us to think about where we are going. And that brings me to this question. If you value us, if you enjoy listening and appreciate what you're hearing, I want to ask you to take a moment to consider becoming a sustaining member of Interfaith Voices or make a one-time donation at interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. That's interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. (laughs) 